Welcome to the Blue Bloods Podcast. A college game time production. Quarterback draw. He's got a running room and a first down. Watch out. He's got getaway speed. Touchdown. That game on last night had me sweating. I couldn't believe it. It was college game time. A couple of blue bloods out competing. College game day Saturdays. Big time players making plays. All I really need is another weekend full of back to back games. Just me and my friends. Man, I love college. College football. I love March Madness. Man, I love college. What up, Blue Bloods? Thank you for listening. Episode 44. Uh, B. Holmes, things got interesting this week as it pertains to how the college football season is going to play out. But before we get into any of that, I just want to say one thing. Uh, As of the time of this recording today, which is we record typically on Mondays, the college basketball season officially tips off. So I know... um, I don't know. Not 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 a lot of people care about college basketball in November. I am one of the few that actually does care about college basketball in November. So um, I just want to plug that. I'm trying to see if there are any um, what what the noteworthy games are because they start all day. I mean, they're getting ready. Like Baylor plays, I think, at 11 a.m. Okay. Um, let's see. Let's see. I was trying to get this pulled up before we officially started. Um, it doesn't really look like, but tomorrow might. Yeah. Um, I know my boys, Michigan, we play today, but we play Purdue, Fort Wayne. Yeah. Arkansas plays North Dakota State. Uh, no. So no, there's no the big first games. Big matchup. Let's see. Wednesday. Maybe Friday. Sometimes they save those games for the first Friday of the season. Uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, man. Maybe I shouldn't have made that announcement so nope. early. It's. Uh, I don't see any good games anytime. Soon. Next week. Can I get a good game next week? Uh, there we go. T- next Tuesday is Duke versus Kansas. Kentucky Duke, Kansas. Michigan State. Okay. Well. The season tips off today, so yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, well, let me officially do not disturb my phone. Okay. Well, college basketball tips off. Most of you are like, I don't care. So uh, we'll see you all in March. But um, yep. those of you that like a little college hoops, you know, right now, this week, there's not really anything worth watching, probably, unless you just love basketball or you have a specific team you follow. I will be watching Arkansas on the ESPN Plus app, which is where these early games typically are played, unless it's a Duke, Kansas, which I guess we'll see next Tuesday. But all that being said, B. Holmes, let's let's get into it. Let's get into yes. what was week 10. Are we already at week 10 of um, college football season? Yes, we are. That was week 10. That was week 10. That's crazy. Goodness. I feel like we were just starting the season like two weeks ago. I mean, we're a month away from championship weekend. This, which, this is it. Which, honestly, championship weekend's almost becoming better than like Thanksgiving weekend because a lot of those games, well, one we're going to talk about today for yep. like the fifth week in a row will have some implications on championship weekend, but a lot of times championship weekend is, is more engaging and, and fun than the whole first half of bowl season because yeah. nobody plays anymore. Yep. Um, by the way, did you happen to see, we've got a comment on the, remember the video we did last year on the 32 team playoff format? Yes. Yeah. So somebody commented on our YouTube and like it was like two really long comments that was basically like in support of that. Really? Yeah, I thought that was interesting because we was like, when did we record that? I'm pretty sure yeah. we did that last it was like December. Last year. Yeah, it was um, forever ago. Anyways, well, 
if you've been listening in the last few weeks, you, you kind of know the template we're following right now. But one little difference we're going to do is we're going to kind of switch up the order in which we discuss conferences because I think the talk of the country right now is the SEC. Absolutely. So we're going to jump right into that. B. Holmes, what are your thoughts on what happened and what's going to happen in the SEC? Well, first and foremost, um, Georgia ran them boys out of the out of the freaking mm. gym. They just mm. ran them boys out of the. It could have been way worse. Like the score to me doesn't reflect how bad Georgia man. You know, it was like it was like a slow death yeah. <laughs> that you knew was coming. Like it, it just felt like a boa constrictor just squeezing the life out of them. Um, Georgia, I text. Jaron Prince, one of my friends, after and I was just like, "You guys are winning a natty." I I just don't see anybody beating them, bro. Like when they're humming, all cylinders go. They're locked in. Um, Stetson Bennett, wow! Like as much as I don't want to give the kid credit, he came wow. out firing. Yeah, he came out firing. Well, I heard this. Um, somehow his phone number got leaked, so they were calling him all night. That's why after he threw the first touchdown, he did the uh. The phone uh, signal, yeah, they had been blowing his phone up all night. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, the dude's just, man, Brock Bowers is the real deal. I mean, I'm looking at them, that the Brock Bowers, the Darnell Washington lineup, the two tight ends. Then you got Eric Long, the guy that transferred in from LSU. I mean, bro, they're just loaded. I don't think anybody's going to beat them. But I do have a but. Yeah, I want to hear How this. about them boys down in Baton Rouge? Yeah, this is night game, Death Valley. The way they looked in that game, I'm not saying they can beat Georgia. I'm just saying this is I was texting a friend about it. LSU just didn't look scared Mm -hmm. when they lined like it looked like they were out for the kill. And as we know, in college football, momentum is everything. And I'm kind of looking at who LSU has left in the race. Obviously, as long as they finish, they still got to play. Um, Don't say it. Well, I mean, outside of you guys. No, um, I'm going to say they don't They don't have to play us. They get to play us. <laughs> so they have you guys. On that in a second. Then they have um, UAB. UAB. And then A&M. They, A&M. So they yeah. could essentially, they should win out. Um, and I'm liking that matchup in the SEC championship. Um Daniels, the quarterback from LSU, the, the transfer that came in from Arizona State, mm-hmm. looked shaky. You remember week one against mm-hmm. Florida? And all week, all year, we've been kind of on him. Like, oh, mm-hmm. uh, man, Kenny, you know, his legs are the problem. But Kenny, if he plays the type of game he just played against Alabama, that I, I think potentially that can give Georgia some fits. I'm not saying they can beat them, but I'm actually liking – my my view on the SEC has changed a little bit. I, originally, I thought only Bama could challenge Georgia. Now I'm saying if LSU plays the way they did, they might be able to put up a fight a little bit. I'm not going. I don't think they're going to beat them. I think by far, UGA is the only tier one team this year. I think everybody else is tier two. So, who would you rather see play? Let me ask it this way. So you think LSU puts up a tougher matchup for Georgia than Ole Miss? Yes. Okay, because Ole Miss is not out of this thing. I know they're not. I know they're Um, not. Now, yeah, the only argument you could make for LSU, like not for them, what am I trying to say? The only argument you could say that their finish to the season is not a complete cakewalk is the fact that the last two conference games are on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, now, one of them, I know for sure, like against Arkansas, is at 11 a.m., which I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, the A&M game ends up being an 11 a.m. as well. Mm-hmm. So, yes, by all, every every everything we see on paper, LSU should win out. But if Ole Miss can beat Bama, which, yeah, I mean, uh, what's wild is to think Bama losing three games in one season. Uh, I don't know. I, 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 I'm not ready to say Ole Miss is out of it just yet, especially like Bama. I, I don't really know what the problem is. Defense is not, it's not 
what you typically expect from a Bama defense. Mm-mm. And it just feels like Bryce Young like literally has to do he carries everything. that team. Well, we were talking about this. I would love to hear your perspective on this cuz I was talking about this with some people. Is I think this is the first time in the playoff era that Alabama has been eliminated from the conversation. Like what year was it when what what was 2019? I feel like 2019 was the only other year because that was LSU's like miracle season. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think you knew going into the CFP, like Bama, maybe they were still trying to. In fact, I want to look that up now because I feel like they were kind of out of the conversation by that point. Because um, they they were they they lost two games that season. I just don't remember who they lost to LSU. Oh, they lost to Auburn. That's what it was. Uh, when they yes, lost yes, to yes, Auburn, yes. Uh, that that pretty much sealed their fate so and then if you look at that season what was it it was clemson lsu ou and who was that fourth team was it ohio state might have been was that the year the justin fields threw the interception against clemson in the semifinal game or was that 2020 COVID year no, no, no. COVID year, they made it. They they lost to Bama. They made it to the, the championship game. That's right, because they got blown out that game. So, yeah, it might have been 2019. You might be right. I'm looking right now. I think that's how it played out. Because that was actually like an intriguing CFP where it was like, wow, like we don't have Bama in here. You still mm-hmm. had Clemson, who was there every year. But then uh, how did that – let me see that game real quick. Because that was a – I'm telling you, I think it came down to like the last possession. Yeah, 29-23. And if I recall, Justin Fields threw an interception in the end zone to end that game. Like Ohio Mm. State was going down. But by that point, I mean, LSU had just throttled, I think, OU in the the semifinal game. Yeah. And it was kind of like nobody's beating these dudes. Yeah, one of the best teams ever. Yeah, 63-28 OU. So it was kind of nice. It was like, oh, okay, someone else other than Bama. It was finally other than Bama, Clemson, but Clemson was still in there. But back to your question. Um, I just think, I guess the follow-up is where does Saban go from here? And I think that's an allude to the greatness of Bama that they lose two games and we're like, whew. <laughs> like that's a down year. Here? Yeah, that's like yeah. a down year for them. But it really is like where do they go from here? I mean, I think they're just going to continue to do what they do. For, for whatever reason, I don't know that Saban just doesn't give me vibes that like he's going anywhere anytime soon. It's kind of like Bilicek in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, I, I can recall almost a decade ago when it was like, okay, is this the last hoorah for Bilicek and Brady? And it's like, here we are almost 10 years later, and like Brady's still, still playing, there. but obviously his, I think he's about to for real be done. But Bilicek, it's like, no. I mean, he's got him a young quarterback, two young quarterbacks. Yep. And so with Saban, but what it does make me think about are some things that we talked about in the offseason, which were sort of balancing the landscape of college football, talking about if teams like Miami, Florida State can start to, to get some recruits. Obviously, Georgia – right now is the biggest thorn in Alabama's side because a lot of the kids that they're getting in recruiting, Bama's used to getting, and now you're starting to see the power shift. But, I mean, if Tennessee's about to – I mean, if this is not just a a, a flash-in-the-pan season for them, if they're legitimately about to – Make some moves. Make some moves. But where do they go? You know where I think Saban goes? I think he goes to the transfer portal. Hmm. Because – I mean, there's no reason to think he can't dominate the transfer portal the same way they've dominated, you know, high school recruiting yeah. over the last however however many years. So I don't know, man. Like, I don't know why I would rather see Ole Miss playing in the SEC championship than LSU. Um, I don't know why. Like I said, I don't think it's going to happen just because LSU obviously is in full control of their own destiny. Um, and it's... I don't know that Ole Miss is going to beat Bama, not because I don't think they can, but man, I just, I don't see Bama losing three games in a season. Like that's what's sad is like 
The thing Ole Miss has going against them more than anything going into this game is the fact that Bama's lost two games. Already. And, and, and I'm like, man, Kiffin's probably like, gosh, why couldn't they have just beaten LSU? <laughs> <laughs> for two reasons. One, so they would be coming in, you know. Yep, having a on chance a one, to play for this. On a, yep. Yeah, on a one-loss season. But then that would put the destiny. Ole Miss would be in control of its own destiny at that yep. point. Uh, so so here's here's – Here's a question for you. Yeah. How does LSU winning and Tennessee losing impact the CFP? Mm. I still think Tennessee is going to be number four in the polls tomorrow. Um, Really? mm Mm-hmm. I've been reading about it like all day. I think Tennessee is going to be number four. I think it's going to go Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, Tennessee, TCU at five. Mm. Um, part of me is just SEC. I think just the powers that be will they want to see two SEC teams. It's already been set up for two SEC teams to make their way in. I think this affects the long term picture for Tennessee. Is this is because what LSU is already? Um, they're already. Psh- they're a two-loss team. They're a two-loss team. Um, yeah. So, let's say they go to the SEC title game. They lose to Georgia. I think it comes down to either – I really think it's going to come down, If especially if TCU loses, it'll come down to the final. Because here's what will happen. Georgia, then you have the Big Ten champion. Michigan, Ohio State will be in there. You definitely get another – second SEC team in there. Um, you probably get Tennessee. Then I think if Oregon runs the table, we put Oregon gets in there. Um, I think Tennessee's fine, as long as Georgia handles business, which we think that I, I believe they will. I don't think anybody's going to beat them. So I think if Tennessee just runs the table the rest of the way, which let me pull up <clears throat> their schedule right here. They have Mizzou, they have South Carolina, they have Vandy. I mean, those are three winnable games. Is South Carolina at home or on the road? Uh, they're on the road against South Carolina. That that would be one I would say to keep an eye on. Yeah. South Carolina's kind of hot and cold, but that's one I would I would keep an eye on. But I agree with you. Tennessee yep. should win out. I'm yeah, just they, saying, if the, out of those three, that's the one I'm keeping an eye on. Yeah, if if they win out, then I just think if they win out and Georgia wins out, which I believe they will, I think Tennessee just sneaks. I think they sneak in. I think the committee has set up the SEC to get two teams in. Okay, so here's here's. Here's a question for that. And I don't know if I need to have TCU losing in this scenario or if I need to have TCU winning out. Like TCU going 13-0 and is could really put a wrench mm-hmm. in some things. Mm-hmm. I've been saying it for weeks now. I think Baylor is going to play spoiler to either – K-State or TCU. Well, Mm -hmm. K-State, TCU, or Texas. Um, Which, by the way, Baylor has sort of sneakily crept back into controlling their own destiny to making the Big 12 championship with three losses. Not three conference losses, but three season losses. Um, Because does a one-loss Tennessee volunteer team that does not play in the conference championship, get a playoff bid over a one-loss Ohio State team that did not play in a conference championship. Yes. Is it is is now is the thinking because they beat Bama or because they're SEC? Both. I think you take it to accountability as one, they beat Bama. Um, two, they play in SEC. What they did. Thank God they got that last-minute touchdown, so it actually shrank the score of the Georgia game for them. I mean, if we watch the game, we know what happens. But if you just look at the score, you go, uh, that's not that's not too bad. Um, then I think the committee, because here's what I'm, I've been kind of hearing, like just reading articles and stuff, mm-hmm. the Athletic Post, everybody's been kind of like the eyebrows are starting to raise on Ohio State. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it comes down to – Yes, because they beat BAM yesterday in SEC. And if Ohio State loses to Michigan, I think it depends how – if it's another loss like how Michigan handled them last year, there's no way 
there's no way. Okay, so now let me ask you this. So I guess that question would only be feasible with a TCU loss. So now let's say TCU runs the table. They're 13-0, and 0, conference mm-hmm. champion. They're in. You have They're to in. put them in. You have to put them in. So does a one-loss Tennessee team that did not play in a conference championship get a bid over a one-loss Pac-12 champion? That's where see. it gets tricky. That's where, because I'm moving over now. So you got. <sighs> and let me say it this way. And let's let's just assume that one loss Pac-12 champion is either USC or Oregon. Mm. That's tough. I I think. I think they'll try to justify it and say, well, we saw what Georgia did to Oregon at the top of the year. Mm. <laughs> like, and we don't want to see that again. Um, now USC presents a different, a different Mm -hmm. wrinkle because it's like Lincoln Riley's first year. He's been in the playoffs before. Might possibly have the Heisman quarter Heisman quarterback. He he at least has a guy that was in Heisman contention for quarterback. We'll Mm -hmm. know that at least. Um, and it's just a little blip on the record. Like, oh man, they, they kind of dropped one. Um, but. Your first year at that program, you got a Heisman, you got a Heisman candidate on your team. I think they're going to look at the talent makeup of that team and go, "Yeah, I mean, they got arguably Jordan Addison is going to be the number one receiver off the board, if not the second receiver off the board in the draft." Caleb Williams, we know who he like. I mean, they got the they got the dogs that can compete. So, I think. I think if it's Oregon, Tennessee gets it just because of the Oregon Georgia matchup from week one. I mean, that was terrible, 49 to 3. But I think if USC wins, I think if USC wins out, you know, they're one loss Pac 12 champion. You have the undefeated Big Ten champion because that's going to happen whoever wins the game. Um, undefeated TCU and undefeated Georgia. I think you then go, you got to go USC. I think you have to, even in the fact of, brand name USC is going to get more eyes on that on that playoff than because here's the thing I think they would love to avoid as though as rematches as best as possible Mm. if I'm on the committee I'm trying to avoid a rematch Mm. I'm like I've seen Georgia Tennessee play like we know what that looked like I saw Georgia play Oregon so if USC wins out I'm like oh let's I think that's the best thing the playoff could do because now you have representation from the big major players, the Big Ten, the SEC, the Pac-12, the Big 12. Let's roll the balls out there. We 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 all believe we know what's going to happen is Georgia's going to run the table on all of them. But it, I think that would probably be the best case scenario. So I think if USC wins out, I think they get in in that situation. I, I do too, and I think they should. Uh, I even think Oregon should. I, I think a one-loss conference champion – should get in over a one-loss team that didn't make their conference championship. Yep, I agree. Now, here's what here's where it gets even more interesting. This is why we started, if you're listening, this is why we started with the SEC, because yep. ultimately the SEC is going to dictate everything else. That's true. Does Ole Miss beating Bama keep Tennessee out of the CFP? Hmm. Because now the one justification... For keeping Tennessee as that fourth seed has now been a little bit more tarnished because it's like, God, they beat Bama, but like now it's like everyone's beating Bama this year. Yeah. So it hurts you, the you, resume. It hurts the resume. You they they need Bama to like kind of win the rest of their games. Um Yeah. Cause here's what that would also create. If Ole Miss wins out and Tennessee wins out. Both are going to be eleven and one, not mm-hmm. playing in the conference championship. So mm-hmm. why would you why would you put Tennessee in over Ole Miss? You can't do that, right? Because the the, the justification for both of them is the same thing. Well, they beat they they, they both beat, beat Bama. Bama, right? So at that point, to me, you have to go. All right, they sort of wash each other out. Who's the next one loss conference champion? Now, <laughs> God, we could do this all day. Where it really gets. <laughs> Where it really could get even more complicating is if TCU loses. And now you got 
uh, well, at that point, I mean, TCU in theory could still lose and then win their conference championship. But like, let's just say Baylor or Texas win the mm-hmm. win the Big Twelve. I don't, I, I can't believe I just said that. But like Texas right now, they 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 have a shot. They have a shot. Uh, I I don't think they're gonna do it, but they have a shot. And in fact, don't they play TCU this week? This, like, week. this is this is a big this game. Is a big yeah. week for them. Yep. Um, Kansas State's not completely out of it um, either. But no. let's just say whoever wins the Big Twelve is kind of a two or three loss team. So you know, okay, they're out. You have a one loss Pac twelve champion, and then let's say Clemson wins out. Or North Carolina. I'm telling you, it feels like it's setting up. I don't even know what my question is. I feel it feels like though it's setting up where like you have to expand this thing. You have oh, to. Th- I think this year shows it. I think this. Well, here's the thing: if TCU loses, and let's say North Carolina runs the table, they you you got to give them a, a real look at do you put them have in the playoff? To. You have to give them a real. Now, because things could get sticky, and this is what I'm saying. This is why I kind of almost want LSU to go to the conference title. Because let's just say, man, momentum is everything in this game. Momentum is everything in college football. Let's say LSU goes, runs the rest of the table. They beat Georgia mm-hmm. in the conference championship game. Now we get really sticky. Yeah. Now, Now we really have to have some real – like these next three weeks are these next three weeks plus con- actually conference championship week I think is Huge. for me it's three weeks because the game is in three weeks I think that the Big Ten comes down to that no one's going to from the Big Ten West going to beat the Big Ten East no that's going to solidify who's representing the Big Ten in the playoff then conference championship week I think dictates the rest of how that's going to fall um it's going to be interesting dude. It's going to be interesting. I, I just don't. I, I'm going to tell you where I'm at. I'm rooting for TCU. Um, I am. I, I think it'd be cool to see them in there. Sunny Dykes. I think that's a really cool program. They're in a hotbed of talent. I think that's good for the Big 12 as all this conference realignment is going to say, yeah, we lost our two heavy hitters, but we're look at us. We don't need them. We, we're still going to the playoffs. Um which we know TCU is in Fort Worth, man. That is like a hotbed of talent in that yep. Dallas, Fort Worth, that DFW Metroplex. I mean, you live down there. I've lived mm-hmm. there. Um, I think that's great. I would love to see that. Um, I would actually like to see USC compete for it, man. I, I like Caleb Williams. I love what Lincoln and those guys are doing out there. Um, I just want to see some more chaos, if I'm being honest. I would yeah. love to see LSU or whoever plays Georgia in the conference champion, I would love to see an upset pull that thing off. Because um, then it gets real weird. Right. I am I would even more like to see LSU do it just because they have two losses. So yep. now as the committee, do you, ha- do you put a two-loss team at the four seed, but they won, but they beat Bama, Georgia? Uh, I mean, if there's any team that can get in with two losses, as we know, LSU made it to the BCS championship with two losses. That's a strong resume, bro. Um, because who does their conference loss to? Um, I'm going over there now. What's crazy is they should have lost to Mississippi State. Oh, they lost. Oh, they lost to Tennessee. Oh, <laughs> it gets Pretty handily. It gets, it gets sticky, man. Um, yeah, so it's like, okay, so LSU winning it all, does that increase Tennessee's? So that is a weird scenario because if Georgia loses in the SEC championship, are you really not going to put them in the CFP? I, it, it would just depend how everything else fell around them. It really would, wouldn't it? it well, would, let's talk about some of that. Yeah, so if or Georgia... So if Georgia loses in the SEC Conference Championship game, let you you know you have an undefeated Big Ten champion, Michigan or Ohio State. One of them is going to be there. So, boom, that's probably your number one seed at that point. Mm. Let's say TCU still runs the table. Mm-hmm. That's a guaranteed you got to play them. Now, if you have a one-loss Pac-12 champion, mm-hmm. 
it, let's say USC, just for the sake of argument, you got to put them in. Now it gets weird because if U.S., let's say North Carolina runs the table. Or Clemson. Or Clemson, which I hope not. They're terrible. I know. But both but, would be a one-loss conference yep, champion. One be a one-loss conference champion. So, and what, and we know what the committee thinks about Clemson is they have a heavier, better, tougher schedule. But you have, a, let's say, you have a one-loss ACC champ. You have a a one-loss. Well, no, and that's in this case, you'd have a two-loss SEC champ, mm-hmm. and two teams that were originally number one <laughs> lost a game. You have a one-loss Pac-12 champion. I mean, oh, and you have a one-loss. Ohio State or Michigan. And you have a one-loss Ohio State or Michigan. Now, yeah. what I always say is Michigan to make it to the playoff, and I've been saying this all year, Gotta they have out. to win out. Yeah. They, they, the committee just showed what they think about Michigan in the first playoff rankings mm-hmm. is strength of schedule, cupcakes, you know, the same the same stuff we get knocked for, the same stuff Ohio State gets praised for. It just is what it is. It's right. the narrative about our program. I, You win out, you go. But – if Ohio State loses, instead they lose in a close loss. I think the committee starts thinking a little bit like, man, like what do we – it just – this is why I'm hoping for the Georgia loss because to me I really want to put the pressure on the committee because then it, force, it forces them to expand sooner than later because if we get into that type of scenario, Trey, which I don't think we will, but if we do – you got to think there's going to be about four pissed off teams because they're all going to be fighting for why they deserve to get that final slot or those one of the final two slots right there, which is going to force the committee. Now I have to answer why they picked that way. And let's say for the sake of the argument, they put two SEC teams in there, which they've kind of set themselves up to do. Mm -hmm. It would explode and an expansion would have to come because what we all know about this, like let's take records and all. We know these conference commissioners, what do they care about? Dollar signs. Mm-hmm. The playoff is big dollar signs. And nobody wants their conference to get left out of the big dance. Nobody does. Mm. This is going to force them to expand. I, like I'm hoping for Georgia to lose one because I just don't like Georgia fans right now. They are so annoying. But also it puts the committee in a tight spot. Where now it's like we got to go to expansion because everyone's going to have a good case, man. Well, we, we're seeing how it's shaping them now. There's going to be two or three teams that have a good case for that last slot, regardless. Well, and I'll tell you this: SEC officials under the table are being told if it's if there's any question about a particular call in a Georgia game, Georgia gets the favor, like Georgia oh, for sure. gets the call because. Now, it's not like last year where, okay, you get to the SEC championship, and if Georgia loses, you know they're in. They'll be in as the fourth seed, and the winner will be in, or or whatever. I can't remember how it's yeah. shaked out. But you'll be in as, as this, and the other team will be in as that. Well, no. Like now, you have LSU. If they win the SEC championship, it's not guaranteed they get in because they got two losses mm-hmm. under their belt. And there's going to be a lot of other teams that are either uh, well, there'll be a couple of other teams that could be undefeated. Well, yeah, two other teams could be undefeated with a plethora of one-loss conference champions. Uh, yeah. So I'm gonna go on record, obviously, just to make it clear. We're talking all these scenarios. I don't think Georgia loses. I think Me they neither. win out, and then I think they win the SEC championship against LSU. And I think like the officiating will be in their favor because that's at the end of the day what's best for the conference is for Georgia to win out. And it's what's best for the conference at getting another team in, Yep. depending on how other stuff shakes out. So let's look at, let's look at the Big 12 for a second because that's really going to be a thorn in the committee's side. It is. As TCU just continues to win, because TCU kind of got the OU treatment from a season ago. Mm-hmm. Remember where they were like 8-0, and then they got like they were ranked 8th. Mm-hmm. But then they went on to lose, I think, two of their next three, which yep. the committee's like, yeah, there, told there you. you go. Yeah. Whereas TCU, they win. They've got a big matchup Saturday. Um, against Texas. Against Prime Texas. Time. They got game day. But they got some dudes, man. TCU, I mean, I've I've kind of, I mean, even going back to week 
one, not week zero, week one, when they played, mm-hmm. I think, Colorado on a Friday night. Yep. Or Colorado was horrible, but it was like, oh, it's the Sunny Dykes era, and they just keep winning. Then they put it on OU. They beat Kansas when Kansas was at their peak. Oklahoma State was making noise. They beat them. It's like, I mean, really, they get through Texas. They got to go. They're at Baylor, and then they get oh, Iowa State at home. I do think Baylor's going to play spoiler, but I don't know that it'll be to TCU. Um, I mean, and if Quentin Johnson's healthy, man, that's going to be a, a matchup problem for Texas. He's been a matchup problem for everybody this year. Mm. He's been a – and here's the thing. TCU has came back from behind to win every game, just about every game they've been in. They've been down. Texas has known to give up leads that they shouldn't give up. Yeah. Almost um, did it Saturday. Yeah, so yeah, that that was I felt bad for Adrian Martinez. I'm like, man, this dude just loses in the yeah. worst ways possible. <laughs> like he just never can just lose outright. It's always like a fumble interception. <laughs> it's just something weird. Um Yeah, man. I like TCU to run the board, man. They got some momentum. I mean, it makes me happy. I like Sunny Dykes, you know, hypnotoad yeah. and all the things that are that are kind of rocking and rolling and it, that's a cool culture up there. In Fort Worth, um, that they got rocking and rolling at TCU, I, I want them to because I want I want them to put the committee in a bind because mm-hmm. you know the committee doesn't want to put them in the top four. No yeah. way, no how they don't no. want to do it. I want them to force their hand, and and even if it is going to be a blowout, so what? Like that, you play the game. That has been my biggest thing about this. You know, we talk strength of schedule and all this different stuff, which I understand to an extent, but man, we can't penalize kids. For just doing what you can only think you can do. I don't control who we play. That's administration. Like, I can't control my, my schedule. All I can do is win the games that are in front of me, and I win them. So I should be rewarded for it. And I feel like they're kind of trying to jip TCU, even though, like, I think I said it last week. At the time, they beat OU. We know who they are now, but OU was number 18. They beat Kansas. Kansas was 19. They beat Oklahoma State. They were 8. They beat Kansas State, who was 17. I mean, bro, if they win – beat texas they're ranked 24th that's mm. how many ranked games in one two three four that would be six ranked opponents at this mm. point it's like what more what more do you want me to do yeah. <laughs> like i beat six i would have beaten six top 25 teams in the in the country what more do you want me to do like yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm playing who's in front of me so i want them to win out so i think I think at the end of the day, we are going to. It is going to get tight though for that fourth slot because let's say TCU wins out, the Big Ten champion is going to win out. Georgia, Georgia wins, wins out. out. That's your top three right there. That's your top three. So what do you do for that? That fourth slot is going to come down to is it one of these one loss SEC champions who, frankly, aren't playing an SEC title game, right? Or a one, a one loss ACC champion, champion, a one loss, one loss Pac twelve champion. Hmm. We're like. No matter what, t- to me, what's more important than Georgia winning? Like Georgia losing in a an SEC championship game throws everything off. But the next domino that I think really puts the committee in the bind is TCU has TCU. to go undefeated. They have to go undefeated Man. because the moment they lose, yep, that gives the SEC a shot to get two teams in. Yep, or or it allows you to squeeze in, you know. Uh, a one loss because that's the thing even if TCU wins as a one loss Big 12 champion they won't be viewed the same as a one loss ACC or Pac-12 champion I mean that that's evidence just from how they were viewed as an undefeated team after week eight Uh, all right since we're here I'm gonna uh, here's what I hope it is now at this point I want Georgia one Michigan two TCU three all undefeated, and then I want USC. And here's why. I think that TCU-Michigan would be a nice contrast of styles as far as the game would be. And I want to see another, like, a rematch of Lincoln Riley versus Kirby Smart in a CFP Mm -hmm. scenario because that's the one team – that gave Kirby some, you know, I mean, that was a great game, that Rose mm-hmm. Bowl. I think it was Baker Mayfield year. Yep. And uh, uh, it was when Georgia lost in overtime to to Bama in the championship. But, man, I, I would like to see, especially if Caleb Williams, which obviously I have personal interest in why I want him to win the Heisman, but 
he just went on his third straight game of accumulating five total touchdowns. Right. He's got like 20, I think he's got like 31, 32 total touchdowns. He's only thrown one interception. Um, and I just, man, that could be, but I also wouldn't mind a rematch of Georgia, Oregon, because I don't think it would be as bad as that first game was. Yeah. Me neither. Oregon's gotten a lot better. But since we're, we're we're talking about that, have you seen the smoke around Dan Lanning to Auburn? I have. I have. But I've actually heard, not heard, I've read more. the What we talked about last week, Hugh Freeze, um, mm. Lane Kiffin, uh, the the oddball I heard that was kind of out there was Bill O'Brien, which would be to me a terrible. Dude, they would riot. Terrible. They would. They hire. would. Auburn would do what Tennessee did when Tennessee tried to hire um, <laughs> Greg Schiano. <Ciano>. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now, granted, Tennessee was able to find something to protest about. I don't know that Bill O'Brien has something like that, but I'm just saying. I I feel that's how that fan base would react to that hire with some of the other names that are on the table. If they got uh, winning, I, I, that would be a good hire. I yeah. doubt he, I don't know why he would leave Oregon for Auburn. Well, because of the same thing we talked about though. Uh, I mean, like in theory, you're right there in a hotbed. Mm-hmm. Like, like I still think Auburn can like with the right guy, Auburn, like, the right guy could do to Auburn what Kirby Smart did to Georgia. I believe that. Yeah. Um, and it's it's closer to like his his base, right? He's an SEC guy. The SEC dictates everything in college football. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, you know, Saban, like one of these years is gonna have to retire. And I mean, with the way they pod, how they're gonna pod the SEC, Auburn's gonna get a favorable. I'm sure they'll make sure Auburn gets a favorable. Because uh, even though this year they've they've had some down years here recently, like they're a team that can compete for a championship. Yeah. Um, and then I think the bottom line too is money. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, I, I I don't know, but Cristobal leaving Oregon for Miami. Yeah, I get it. He's going home. Yeah, I get it. It was his alma mater. But like, it kind of makes you wonder, like. I mean, is, is, is Oregon, you would think Oregon right there by Nike, you got, you know, you're right by Cali. So you're not yeah. far from great talent. Yeah. But you got to think too. I mean, USC, depending on what UCLA is doing, I mean, they're, they're going to be doing everything in their power to build a fence. Like when Chip Kelly built Oregon, you know, Pete Carroll left USC, right? So it was like he was able to kind of come in and capitalize on USC going through some seemingly down years in comparison to what they were the pre- the pre- previous decade. Um, True. But California recruiting has took a hit, period, with the great flight that all those people have moved to Texas. Um, well, and here's, here's another thing to think about, though. What is the Pac-12 going to be once USC and UCLA leave? You know, are they going to become an afterthought? What's Oregon going to do? And so it's like, man, I got a chance to go get top dollar coaching in the top conference in college football. I think that's why. I mean, right, right in the same neck of the woods of where I've been. I mean, right. he was, he was, he was, uh, he was at Alabama. He was at Georgia. Um, but you mentioned another name, Hugh Freeze, who, you know, I didn't want to talk about this, but. First off, you know I'm a true fan when I'm wearing a Razorback hoodie <laughs> the week we just lost to freaking Liberty. Uh, I don't have much to say about it. Hugh Freeze, straight up, he did what, exactly what Bobby Petrino did. He came in, he had his game plan, yep. and it was like, they just looked like a flat-out better team. And I'm getting real sick and tired of hearing Sam Pittman you know, talk about getting out-coached. I mean, this is probably the fifth time he said it this season. Yeah. He said it after Cincinnati. He said it after Missouri State. I'm pretty sure he said it after BYU and Mississippi State. And then he said it after this game. And it's like, okay, you know, 
everything's good when it's well i'm not promoting it but i like me some old colberry you know and he's on the yeah. interviews doing all that and i was like oh he's perfect fit da, 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 da. i put this on twitter he's gonna learn things can change things do change things have already changed real fast for right. a head coach when you lose a game like that particularly in northwest arkansas yeah. And uh, I mean, I got my little Razorback group chat and I've got a couple former <laughs> players in there that are like still really close to the program. And they're like, we would their never. tone has shifted dramatically. <laughs> oh, we, I'll just say that. I like Pittman. I'm so appreciative of what he's done for the program. Um, I am a little nervous at how this season's about to play out now, mm-hmm. um, just with LSU, Ole Miss, and then Missouri. Because I mean... I don't know. Like I'm, I'm now concerned, like, will we lose all three games? But then there's this other part of me that goes, Arkansas has been doing this all year. They play to the level of their competition. That's mm-hmm. what they do. They play mm-hmm. to the level of their competition. And that's why they should, you know, almost lost to Cincinnati, almost lost to Missouri state, almost lost to BYU did lose to Liberty because they play to the level of their competition. And I was thinking about that this weekend. I've been, I've been so angry about, man, we should have beat A&M. We should have beat A&M. We should have. But we also should have lost to Missouri State and Cincinnati, so it kind of offsets each other. Yeah. So I don't know. Are we going to have this team show up for LSU, who who like now all of a sudden is is playing at their best and and, and you know basically the team that showed up against Auburn or the team that showed up against Alabama, particularly in the third quarter. You know, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I'm done with that. We well, can go to the Big Ten or wherever you want to. Yeah. Take if it. we're talking about just disappointments, man, let let's swing over to the Big Ten. I mean, it was a rough day in the Big Ten. Um, I think through and through. Let's first the the fighting Brett Bielema's um, oh. Illinois drop, which was I was really disappointed in. Man, like Michigan State is out eight players after the um, the deal. Hold on, before I kind of pivot to that, I do want to bring some clarity because I found out some clarity about this Michigan situation in the oh, tunnel, okay. and I and I thought I would never bring this back up. Come on, but just just based upon some people who were saying. Well, we did see the video of Jaden McBurrows hopping through them or whatever. But then so everyone was saying, why was Jermon Green? Like, why were they leaving mm. early? Well, Mc- Green and McBurrows always go up to the – it's been stated and it's been proven. They always go up the tunnel early. Green specifically – he has a twin brother on the team. He specifically goes up the tunnel early because his dad is a truck driver, and they're from DeSoto, Texas. His dad drives up every week from Texas to Michigan to go to the game when it's a home game. So he normally doesn't stay and celebrate. He gets to the locker room, showers, so he can go spend some time with his dad Mm. and his family before they get on the road to go back and drive back to Texas so his dad can go to work on Monday. Um. So just wanted to bring some clarity. I'm not really going into the to the deep end of that, but I thought that was a pretty unique fact for everyone that was out there. Like, they shouldn't have been in the tunnel. They knew what time it is. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, Green's pretty soft-spoken, which I was shocked to happen to him. And then to kind of find that tidbit where there is video proof that right. every week he goes up to – these two guys walk up the tunnel early together, partly because they're friends, Green's mentoring McBurrows, but Green's going to go spend some time with his family who drives mm-hmm. up from Texas, which is a 20-hour like drive or 18 mm. hours. It's crazy. Anyways, back to the game. <laughs> Brett Bielema, bro, they just blew it. Yeah. Like, they just... They blew it. They And to me, I just didn't understand it because I'm like, Michigan State's down eight players. Um, key contributing players at that at that fact. And I'm like, Michigan just laid out the game plan for you guys. Just run the football. They can't stop the run. Um, we know their secondary is weak. Um, now, I know DeVito's not having – he doesn't have the best arm. But they also didn't play – and I watched that game. You know, the difference between from weekend – so when they played Michigan, Michigan State went into a a, a, a too high shell um, mm. to prevent the deep ball because their secondary is very terrible. They didn't play the same thing against Illinois. Like – Illinois had their – I just think they just – partly I think they just kind of walked in that and underestimated it, thinking that team was coming off an emotional loss, fractured program right now, and you got to – you know, you fell into the trap, which annoys me, bro, because now everyone's like, Mel Tucker's 3-0 and on the road against top 25 teams, and I'm like, what is this man's overall record as a head coach, guys? Like <laughs> – 
To me, I'm like, this is just justified to Michigan State why they paid $95 million to this man. <laughs> like, because I already know, I, I'm not on social media right now, not for another couple weeks, but I know Michigan State fans are like this about Mel Tucker. I knew it. Those refs were on Michigan's side. This is what happens when it's fair. Like, they're about to justify why they gave that man $95 million. Now, on the flip side, this is what this does for Illinois. We know they're about to lose another game because they play Michigan in two weeks. I'm that confident after seeing DeVito, DeVito can't beat us. Not with his arm. Like, we're going to load up the box, try to force him to beat us. That's just not going to happen. What this did do, Trey, is this opened up the Big Ten West. Well, kind of, though. Because Illinois is still in full control of their own destiny, even with the loss to Michigan. Well, because what does that put them conference-wise? That would put them five and three. When they finish, because who do they have this week? They got Purdue and Northwestern, and if they win both of those, okay, there could be a three, uh, basically a tie for six and three. But they would have the head-to-head they against would. their entire division. You're right. You're right. That's why it's even worse. Is it's like God, you 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 coughed up a game like you didn't even have to win. Yeah, that's you should have won. You didn't have to win, yet you lost. Like that is the quintessential Brett Bielema thing to do. At least what I remember at Arkansas. Yeah. Now it's sad that they lost because I wanted them to be in the top 10 when Michigan played them. To Well, to that point, though, that could have helped Michigan's case in being a one-loss non-conference champion trying to squeeze mm-hmm. into the playoff. Having a win like that. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll see what happens on that end. The, the East side, the Ohio State game versus Northwestern was just... Mm. Mm, we were both watching that. Bro, now this is why I knew it was bad. Ohio State fans that I know personally actually came up to me and was like, if we don't figure this thing out, I am actually nervous to play y'all. Because if it's mm. one thing y'all do well is y'all run. And Trey, give me. I, I want our listeners to give me credit. I said I wasn't sold on the Jim Knowles hire at yeah, defensive at DC. Did. I said it. I said it. I said it. Because you know what's disappointing about all of this? One, not only because Northwestern hasn't won a game since week zero. Now, some people on message boards, <laughs> some people on message boards have been saying it was 40 mile per hour wins. I get that. You're Ohio State. You should just line up athlete on athlete, man on man, run screen routes, run like. Even without trying, y'all should drop 28 to 35 on Northwestern. And the thing that was so concerning, I mean, beautiful game plan by Pat Fitzgerald. I just don't understand why he didn't try to air it out a little sooner. There were a couple of questionable moments where, like, had the play calling been a little better? Yes. Like, they could have won that game. They could have won that game. But the part that was, like, very concerning to me is – the fact that, and I mean, this guy, I know that goes my church brought it up. He goes, he's all out of state fan. He goes, the part that bothers me, Brandon, is Pat Fitzgerald just got rid of the middleman. He took the quarterback out and was like, I'm putting my running back. You know what's coming. I know what's coming. Yeah. I'm going to run the Wildcat, and I'm coming right at you. What are you going to do about it? And there was literally nothing they could do about it. Now, watching the game, I wish he would wiggle, uh, wrote in a little bit more zone read. Probably got his guy out, you know, rollouts a couple more. Like, just some simple, like you said, a couple mm-hmm. few plays go their way a different way. And I think Northwestern wins this this football game. So, I say all that to say, and then I watch Michigan, and obviously people are texting me what's going on at halftime. I mean, we were down like eight starters. Um, but whatever, we did what we were supposed to do. I think this is Michigan's, like, year to lose. Mm. Based upon just, like, I've been saying about Ohio State all year, man. What I've been saying, I don't feel like they're tough. Offense is electric when it's clicking. But we saw again when the what I said. I've been saying this about C.J. Stroud all year. When the pressure gets on him, he seems to fade a little bit, and that's been his draft knock right now. I've been reading. Everyone's like, when things are on script and are going according to plan, they don't feel like there's probably not a better quarterback. I mean, that you would want behind you. But mm-hmm. when things get tight and a play has to be made. And and the pocket starts squeezing, and the moment gets bigger. He seems to kind of shell up a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. 
I think, you know, I think this is Michigan's conference to lose, honestly. And I'm not saying that arrogantly. I just think the way they play football, it just goes completely into where Ohio State is weak this year, which is they can't stop the run. Penn State did it to them. Northwestern, who is by large and large way worse than we are. <laughs> um, you know, Iowa did it to them for a little bit. Like, Dude, if Northwestern would have just motioned a guy across to, like, give Ohio State something else to have to, like, to read. even think about, they they get those first downs. I mean, it was second and one, and they ran the same play three times in a row. <laughs> but it was like they snapped it right to the running back. But, like, you, I mean, no motion, no fake, nothing. nothing. I'm going, if they would have just done something like that, they get that first down and keep the drive moving. Well, the whole time I'm like, why aren't they doing, like, a little pop-out off yes. the Wildcats? It's like something. Something. <laughs> something. Something. Well, so so here's my thing with Michigan. Like, if I'm a Michigan fan, which you are, like, and I'm kind of like, that's kind of like my team I'm watching now, now that my team is like, you know, losing the Liberty. I don't even know if we're going to make a bowl game now. Um, They have a very, very strong path to the championship game. If they can win out, win the game, Mm -hmm. beat whoever, whether it's Illinois or it might be Purdue because it really Illinois and Purdue, uh, yeah, it's weird. I don't know how the tiebreakers go at that point, but wh- whoever they get from the West, take care of business there because it's looking like, you know, like the greatest thing that could happen for Michigan other than them winning out and taking care of business themselves is Georgia winning out because then you know you're not going to have to play them in that first CFP game mm-hmm. because at that point you're going to be one and two. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I'd say TCU winning out. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I don't know a Michigan fan that would 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 complain about winning out and having TCU as that first game. Because, man, even if they got to play Georgia in the championship, playing Georgia in the championship on a month's time to prepare versus playing Georgia, you know, in that first round, like, I just have to think, like, Harbaugh or someone could pull something out and say, like... What was the biggest thing I said last year was, like, I hated that we had a break in between conference championship, that we had that long of a break between conference championship yeah. and playing Georgia. It got them enough time to to get rid of the woes of we lost, yes. get focused up, get lined up, get um, – and, like, and I've gone – now, they just were so good. But I've gone back and, like, really done some deep analysis and, like, listened to some guys that kind of know the game. There was – the margin of error for Michigan was very small – but there was the play calling was actually good. It's just players in the moment was too big. Um, you know they they kind of miss them. Because here's the thing, and I know people are gonna say this. Like, and not just hang here, just on Michigan. I'll tie this up. Um, I think one of the big things is because people were texting me even about because we were down the records I have, and I think coaches really want to see what did JJ have. Mm-hmm. Um, where where is he at? And, and let me say this to all the Michigan fans: are like they need to let JJ air it out. I got reminded really quick this past week, like he's nineteen. Mm. He's nineteen, playing his first full year as a starter at major at in the second best conference in college football, like major at a major program where the target is like always on your back. Mm. Um. And I think it's it's interesting because I'm watching him like we're watching him grow. At so each game he get like in the beginning of the year he was always trying to take the deep shot. Now he's doing a little bit more Cade McNamara, take what they give you, take what they give you. Um, I I and so I think Coach Collin probably wanted to see okay, can if we have to put this on his back, can he go win it? I'm gonna just be honest. I don't think he's quite ready to do that. I think the key to Michigan's success is this. Um, Obviously, running the football. I don't know if there's a better outside of Bijan Robinson, maybe Bijan Robinson, who's a better running back in the country than Blake Corum right now. I mean, Blake Corum is, if they go undefeated, probably will find himself in New York. He's not going to win the Heisman, but he'll, but he'll find he'll he'll find himself in New York, which yeah. I'm happy for him. This is a payday year for him. Like he 
he he's has Oak Walker way, for sure. Yeah, like he's walked his way up to probably being a day two pick as long as he stays healthy. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm happy for him. He's above the X's and O's type player. I think the key for Michigan is, and I said this last week, J.J. McCarthy just has to not turn the football over, throw for about 175 to 215. If he can get a touchdown or two in there, great. Because if you look mm-hmm. at the touchdown passes he made this week were a great, I mean, just – they were NFL quality throws, so you can see the talents there. It's just like 175 to 220, no turnover. And if, as long as Blake Corum and, and you use JJ's legs enough as a threat, I'll, they can essentially hang with just about anybody probably outside of Georgia. Um, but even then, that gives Georgia fits. You know, you get them on the move. Like you said, the best thing that can happen for me is Georgia wins out and he's. The best thing, honestly, that can happen for me, Trey, is Georgia loses an SEC championship game and we went out. Then yeah. TCU wins out. But the most well, likely best situation for me is they went out, we went out, TCU wins out. Well, no, what I was going to say, though, the problem is is then you might run into what you ran into last year where you got Michigan number one, Georgia, Georgia four. number four, or, yeah. or two and three. I can't remember. I think it was actually they bumped Bama to number one. They course, did. See, I don't think they would do that this time around. What they would do is make Michigan number one, Georgia number four. Yep. And then whoever sandwiched it two and three. But we'll see. I mean, we know what the Big Ten's coming down to. It's the game. The game matters. Mm-hmm. The only thing is, it's in Columbus. So yeah. Michigan just has, they haven't won there since like I think 03. Mm-hmm. They just have to play the type of game where you don't put it in the ref's hands. Um, yeah, for but, sure. But I think the thing that – I think Harbaugh's really – it's sinking in because he – man, he sat eight starters this past week to get healthy. Mm. Um, you saw, like, Blake Horm only touched the ball really, like – he only had, like, 19 carries. He only had one carry in the second quarter. Like, he pulled the starters pretty early in that game. I think he's really just in this phase of let's get these boys healthy. Let's try to get out of the next couple weeks safe, healthy, no injuries. Let's rehab the guys I need to rehab. And let's go full strength into Columbus and try to take this thing. Well, we've pretty much we talked TCU in the Big Twelve. We talked SEC. We talked Big Ten. We talked a little Pac twelve. I don't have a lot to say in the ACC, but Does North Carolina, I mean, even Clemson at this point, both are sitting with one loss, and both of them are sitting with a one loss to Notre Dame. <laughs> but does does either of these teams have a chance? I don't know why, man. I think South Carolina is going to beat Clemson. That would be pretty epic. It would be. But would I'm be. thinking the ACC is probably out at this point. I do, too. CFP. I do too. I don't think they're going to give North their best shot was Clemson going undefeated. Yeah. Um, I don't. Think or Clemson gonna... going undefeated and being in the top four, mm-hmm. or at that point probably would have been top three, and then that would have given North Carolina a chance to win yep. and be a twelve and one. The problem is, is being a twelve and one ACC championship having just beat a team that's not even in the CFP yep. ranked, and you know it just it hurts your chances. It does. Well, I don't know if either one of these can do it. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, last thing I guess I have to say is, man, shout out to Marcus Freeman, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. dude, the dude's tenure didn't start out too no. hot. And and for him to, I mean, you lost, they lost to OSU, then they lost to Marshall. Um, you know, they've, they've dropped, then they dropped that game to Stanford. So, but to have to come two back-to-back top 25 upsets and this one to be a top five upset – um, I mean, this is going to be because what are they five and uh, what are they? What is it? They're six and three, so they have a way to rebound because they have Navy next week. Then they have BC. Then we have the end of the year one against USC. So they have a way of finishing this first year eight and four, mm. um, which I think is decent. You know, I just didn't want to see him go out tough, like man, because it was not looking good in the beginning. No. Look like they're going to be like a three, four win team. Looks like they're going to go bowling this year. Hopefully, but it's enough. With how they're playing, it it helps a team like USC because mm-hmm. it sort of increases the significance of that game. Here's what I find interesting: 
So, and you can't tell me this wasn't done by design. Maybe not. So US, I'm sorry, USC and mm. UCLA play. You know, not this upcoming week, but next week. Right, like USC ought to will probably destroy Colorado, mm-hmm. and then they've got UCLA and uh, Notre Dame. Yep, and then I think depend. I don't know if they control their own destiny at this point, but depending on how some things shake out, I think that Oregon Utah game is going to be big for USC. Yes. But depending on how that shakes out, could be looking at a Pac-12 championship. But the week before USC-UCLA, USC is playing on Friday night. Yep. And USC has the late game on Saturday night. So USC is getting almost a full 24-hour rest advantage over UCLA going into that game. Mm Mm-hmm. Which tells me, but then it's funny because on the other side of that, that that that's probably more of a national thing because the national media and pundits want USC in. Yep. But there's been some smoke around the conference, sort of trying to screw USC because of them bolting their 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 like the Pac-12 uh. because of them bolting the leave to go to the Big Ten. And it's funny because the USC games that I've watched, there have been like that, the Utah game, which they lost by one point. One of Utah's touchdowns came because like it was a third down. Mm -hmm. USC got a stop and they Mm -hmm. called a personal foul penalty uh, uh, flag that was awful. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. There was some stuff that went against Utah. I don't really remember Whatever you say, I'm just saying UC, USC has a full 24-hour rest advantage going to that UCLA game that, yep. you know, at this point in the season, it matters. It does. But um, that's all I've got for this episode, man. That's all I got, man. It's Here's about to, to get sticky these next few weeks. Yeah, well, um, if you're listening – Watch some college basketball this week, even if you don't like it. And then uh, we'll have another round of college football uh, waiting for us starting on Thursday. But it really gets going. I mean, I guess Friday night you got USC. Yep. And then this weekend, uh, that TCU-Texas game I've got my eye on. I think that's the game of the weekend. That TCU-Texas is probably the game of the weekend. Yeah, it's got some ramifications on it. Because outside of that, well, you have TCU that, and they had the Alabama Ole Miss game, which has some. And then be on the lookout. UNC plays Wake Forest. I need those boys to win out. Yeah, I'd like that. I'd like to see UNC win out. Well, that's all I got, man. All right. Well, if you're watching, thank you. Sorry last week had some video technical stuff, but the audio was up. Listen to a Spotify, Apple, pretty much – Anywhere you listen to podcasts, it's Blue Bloods. If you're listening and you know that, please share this episode if you liked it. And uh, we'll see you college. next week. Hey. Hey. College football. Hey. I love March Madness. Hey.